tonight, and we covet your prayers. Uh, back before uh, the service before our revival, uh, I started a series I told you about preaching at, uh, from the book of Joshua that we titled the, the series Possessing the Promise. Possessing the Promise. And we preached from Joshua chapter 1, and we, we, we talked about courage and how that it takes courage to, uh, to achieve the promise. <laughs> and I don't know how many picked up on it, uh, on the Sunday morning that uh, uh, Brother Flannery was here, the last morning that he preached, the very same service that uh, Sister Darlene was healed in, the text that he took was the exact same text that I had preached the Sunday before. Uh, and, uh, and he ministered of that and said a lot of the same things. I said, well, God wants his people to know that we cannot get scared, amen, and run from the enemy. It doesn't matter what the enemy tries. Hallelujah. It's like that song that Brother Baggett, bless his soul, used to sing. I can't help what Satan tries, but he can't stop me. Hallelujah. Glory to God, because I've got his God's spirit dwelling inside me, and the one who lives in me is a greater one than he. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. As I, you've heard me say a lot, I might not be able to stop the devil from coming my way, but I sure can make him wish he hadn't. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise God. God is telling his people in his church, in this day and hour that we live, that we've got to have courage. We want to possess the promise. And I want to continue and go a little bit further tonight and, uh, and talk to you a little bit more about possessing the promise. And, uh, and we're going to be going to Joshua, the third chapter. Amen. I was going to minister to this this morning, but the Lord changed the service and uh, we didn't get to preach, so we're going to bring it to you tonight. Amen. Joshua chapter 3, and we're going to read the first four verses. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Brother Douglas, I would appreciate it if you'd bring me a small uh, bottle of water, please, sir. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shatim and came to Jordan. And all the children of Israel and lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host, and they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. Verse 4. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that you may know the way by which you must go. For ye have not passed this way hitherfore. Father Gons, we come tonight. We thank you, God, and we praise you, Lord, for your blessings this day, the service this morning. Thank you, God, for what we have felt, the fellowship and the communion through testimonies and worship and songs tonight. And now, God, I'm asking the Lord that you will speak to us 
yet one more time that when we leave here tonight, we will go uh, with a renewed hope and courage that we can possess the promise that you have given us, that we can walk in them, that we can claim them, that we can live it. And everything's accomplished. We'll give you the praise in the gracious, mighty, majestic name that's above every name. Let the church say, Amen. God bless you. Give the Lord a hand clap tonight as you're seated. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. In this message tonight, we're going to go just a little bit further. Possessing the promise. Uh, and I must remind us all that just because you have been given a promise does not negate the fact that there are always, there always is a criteria involved in bringing it to fruition. Hallelujah. Amen. Just because that God has spoken a word to you, just because that he has given you. And those of us understand that because during the two-year period, we had a lot of promises, a lot of word that came by different ones that came by and spoke different things, amen, to us. Just because God has given you a promise, it does not negate, hallelujah, the fact that there are, there's a certain criteria involved in bringing it to fruition. Just as the Israelites had to do battle to possess the land of promise. God said, I promise you this land, a land flowing in milk and honey, but he didn't just lay it in their hand. Hallelujah. Amen. That's one thing that's wrong with this society today. We got too many people, amen, they want everything handed to them. Hallelujah. Amen. People have forgotten what it is to work for a living. Hallelujah. Amen. Some people say, well, I don't want to take that job because, but because I mean, that's a little, little below me. And, and you know, that, uh, I, I couldn't take no pride in that. Let me tell you something. Amen. When you, when you, when you, uh, things happen in your life and you go through certain seasons, uh, sometimes we all have to do things, uh, amen, that we wouldn't normally want to do, uh, amen, but when you do it, I don't care what it may be, amen, we can take pride and honor that because we're doing what we can do. And anytime you do what you can do, God will bless that and God will honor that and he will allow you to do better. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Back when we, I was raising our, um, we were raising our three children. Amen. There were, there were times in my life that I had to take positions and jobs that I did not like at the time. But guess, but guess what? I had three children that needed to eat. Hallelujah. I had light bills that had to be paid. Water bills that had to be paid. Amen. And, um, and sometimes I, I, I went ahead, even though, I mean, I, you know, I said, Lord, I, I know this is not what I need, but I says, I'm going to do this because you've opened this door, and if I do this, amen, you're going to bless. Hallelujah. Time and time again, just because 
God gives you a promise does not negate the fact that we have to do some things to possess that promise. Hallelujah. There's certain criteria that we have to follow. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. We, we can't never forget that. Just as the Israelites had to do battle to possess the land of promise, likewise we must press, we must strive, and pursue that which we desire to apprehend. Hallelujah. What is it you're wanting to apprehend? What is it you want? What is your goal? Well, I'm, and I'm talking about a spiritual goal. I'm not talking about natural things here now. But what is it that you want to achieve in God? Amen. Do you really want to get higher in God? Do you really walk on that higher ground? Do you want God to talk to you more? Do you want to know Him on a first name basis? You don't have to be a preacher. Amen. For God to talk to you. God talks to all of His people. All of his children, if you're only willing to listen. Hallelujah. What is it? You can achieve it if you're willing to press, if you're willing to strive, if you're willing to pursue that which you desire to apprehend. Now, I haven't yet told you the title of the message. But I'm getting close to it. As we read this text concerning the crossing of the Jordan, there is something which jumps off the page, as it were, and grabs my attention. I have read the book of Joshua through, I couldn't tell you how many times down through the years. Amen. And the story of Joshua. But there are some things in God's Word that, I don't know, we just can't pick up on everything at certain times. and uh, maybe, maybe God chooses, I don't know, to, to, to keep certain things from us because like he, he told his disciples, I've got many things to say unto you, but you can't handle it now. I don't know what it, what it may be. But as I was reading this and studying this, there was something that grabbed me that, that never had affected me before, that really never had gotten a hold of me. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, and as we read this text about the crossing of the Jordan, amen, this come to my attention. It was, it was a criteria for success for the Israelites to enter the promised land. Right here in the middle of our text that we read tonight, we find the criteria for success for the Israelites to enter the promised land. And it is indispensable for us today if we desire the Spirit of God to be an ever-present force in our lives. I don't know, maybe, you know, I don't know how many here, but how much do you desire the presence of God in your life? Are you satisfied just feeling a little bit of God when you come to church on Sunday? Or do you want to experience His presence, amen, during your home during the week? Do you want to experience His presence on your job if you work out in public uh, uh, or work? Hallelujah. Amen. You know, some people just try to survive on getting a little fix on church on Sunday morning and think that's going to carry them through. But I'm going to... I don't know, maybe, maybe you're a whole lot stronger Christian than I am, but man, what I'm able to get right here on Sunday morning, if that's all I got, 
I done been backslid a long time ago. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. I don't come to church like, you know, sometimes you, you see people posted on, on, on Facebook, well, bless God, I'm going to church to get my praise on. You ought to have your praise with you. The Bible says we wear praise as a garment. Hallelujah. Amen. We ought to go through every day. But the problem is, the problem is, there's a lot of people, even though they're children of God, they, they, they've repented. They've been baptized in His name. They've been filled with the Holy Ghost. But they do not, they do not have a desire for the Spirit of God to be an ever-present force in their daily lives. To be able to do that, here's the title of the night's message, we've got to pursue His presence. Hallelujah. You may think you got it just because you received the Holy Ghost umpteen years ago, but no. There's a lot of people been filled with the Holy Ghost that does not live in the presence of God every day. Hallelujah. This is what we mean when we talk about when we come to the house of God. It's important that we create an atmosphere for, the, for God to do things. Why is that? If, say, 80% of us, 75% of us is Holy Ghost filled, why is it necessary? Amen. And I don't know you know, but, man, I, I'm, I'm preaching to you some good stuff right now. Hallelujah. We're getting some deep things in the Word of God right now. Hallelujah. Why is it necessary for if we come into the house of God to create an atmosphere for God to come in if, if a lot of us is filled with the Holy Ghost? It's even though that we've been filled with the Holy Ghost, amen, most of us, we didn't come from outside in here in His presence. Because we've been dealing with junk in the world, amen, we've had our minds saturated with all kind of garbage of the world, hallelujah, amen, and, and, and this thing is bombarding us, and that thing is bombarding us, and I don't care how much you talk in tongues when you walk in here, most of the time we do not walk in here surrounded in His presence. Hallelujah. I'm not saying that it's, it's impossible or that we can't. I'm just saying it's something that we don't do because the presence of God, if we're going to live in it day by day, you're going to have to pursue it. Hallelujah. I had a preacher one time years ago. Amen. He got upset. He, uh, he, had, he, had, he had come to the church and, um, and just so happened, while he was there, a couple services, I was preaching a series on holiness and how that we should live holy and be holy and, and talk holy, that, that, it's, that, that it's still right today and we have, uh, we have to do that, amen, to, to live pleasing to God. Well, he, get, he gets upset and uh, when, I, when I visit his church a few weeks later for a special service or whatever, he gets up and he says, well, he said, some preachers all the time just harping on holiness, harping on holiness. He said, he said don't worry about it. He said, he said, just go ahead and live for God. He says, and holiness will happen. And I'm sitting back there in the seat. I said, hogwash. 
Why don't I say hogwash? Because wholeness does not happen on a natural thing. You do not naturally achieve holiness. Hallelujah. It has to be strived for. It has to be pursued. Hallelujah. Amen. You've got to be willing to lay down some things. You've got to be willing, amen, to live pleasing to him. You've got to quit sitting back there on the pew, amen, and getting your thing on, amen, and all your pride and say, well, bless God, I don't care what that preacher says. I'm going I'm to live the way I want to live. Amen. You won't never achieve nothing with God that way. Hallelujah. Amen. That's not the pursuit of his presence. And that's what the children of Israel had to do to possess the promised land. We see it in verse 3 of our text. Joshua 3 and 3. This is what jumped out at me. And they commanded the people saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God. Look at these. He's got it up there. Look at it. And the priests, the Levites, bearing it. Then you shall remove from your place and go what? <laughs> Glory to God. I can paraphrase that and make it just as right and correct, but make it a whole lot plainer. Amen. For some of us to understand. He said, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of God being carried along by the priest, he said, that's the time for you, amen, to get ready and to, uh, and to leave. Be ready to leave because they, they had come to the Jordan and they had camped out on the other side of Jordan for three days, if you'll remember. And he said, you stay there and you wait. Don't go any further until you see the Ark of the Covenant. With the Levites bearing it. He said, when you see it, he said, then you shall remove from your place and go out. He, in other words, he said, you get up and you pursue it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, let me give you just a quick, a, a little quick refresher here. I believe everybody here tonight knows what the Ark of the Covenant was. Hallelujah. It was, a, it, it was the box overlaid with gold that had the mercy seat on it with the two angels, amen, wings touching and, and, and looking down upon it. It's the only piece of furniture that was behind the veil in the holies of holies. Inside that box, they had preserved Aaron's rod what was special about Aaron's rod? It bloomed and budded. Hallelujah. It was inside that box. Moses had taken a little bit of the manna that came from heaven every day. Think about this. And he placed some of that manna inside that. Hallelujah. It was preserved. It, for 40 years, it never did decay or rot. Mm. And if the children of Israel tried to gather too much to carry them over for a day other, he told them, you can't do it. you got to get up and go every morning. <laughs> That's another message right there. A lot of times we try to gather up a stuff to care. Uh, care come on, somebody. 
amen, carries on for God for days upon days. God said, that ain't going to work. You're going to have to go, you're going to have to come daily, amen, to feast for me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But anyway, this Ark of the Covenant, this was for the Shekinah glory. That box, literally, there was no candlestick behind the veil. There was nothing, and there was thick curtains all around. Amen. It would, it would normally be pitch dark in there, but the whole room was lit up. Amen. It's brighter than what it is in here because it was the Shekinah glory of God. There was a glow that came off from that box. Hallelujah. That's the, the, it represented the presence of God, that God's presence was there with them that whole 40 years in the wilderness. God says, when you see the priest bearing that ark, in other words, there goes my presence. And when you see it, he said, remove from the place where you're at and go after it. Hallelujah. Go after it. Hallelujah. Amen. If you want to have the presence of God in your life, you're going to have to get up and pursue it. You cannot sit there. Where, oh, what did the old time Pentecostal sing, used to sing years ago? Well, you got to move. You got to move. Oh, hallelujah. When the Lord gets ready, you got to move. Hallelujah, glory to God. Man, we used to sing that song and shout to midnight. Hallelujah, glory to God. And Jesus Christ is the same God today as he was then. Mm, hallelujah. That was the key to the children of Israel possessing their promise. And it's the key for you tonight. We have got to pursue God's presence. It's not enough just for you that you talked in tongues, amen, a few syllables back some 20 years ago. What's your experience with him right now? Hallelujah. How's your daily prayer life? When was the last time that the Holy Ghost has enveloped you and you have prayed through. What is, I have found out, I've asked them younger ones sometimes as they go out some younger, and you, you go out in some of, some of these Pentecostal churches today and talk to some of the young ones, and you, you ask them the phrase, what pray through means, and they don't know. They don't know. Hallelujah. Praying through is when you break through the barrier, folks, and you quit praying in English and you start praying in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Paul said, I pray with the Spirit, and I pray with the understanding also. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It is when you pursue His presence. Amen. I don't know about you, but I desire, amen, to be in His presence. I want to live in His presence. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. I long for the presence of the Lord. Amen. Yes, we're looking forward to heaven one day where we can see him and we can fall at his feet. But I'm telling you, it is possible for you as a child of God. Amen. As a saint of God. Amen. You can go into his presence. Amen. You can expect, oh, hallelujah. That's the key right there. Amen. You notice how they talk about how churches today, there's just as many people depressed as there are in the world. Why is that? Because the church is not pursuing. 
in the presence of God. Glory to God. It's impossible for you to be in the presence of God and be depressed. Can't nobody get in the presence of God. Amen. Have depression. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The Bible said in his presence is fullness of joy. And at his right hand are joys forevermore. Give him a praise tonight. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. That's Bible. That's not me. In his presence is fullness of joy. How in the world can somebody experience fullness of joy and be depressed? It's impossible. Hallelujah. We got to pursue his presence. We need to pursue when you come to the house of God and we enter in, we need to get our mind off everything else. Cut off everything else. Don't think about the outside world. From the time you go into the door, you shouldn't be, amen, standing in here somewhere talking to your friend and buddy, amen, about hunting or fishing, amen, or the NRA, amen. This ain't the place to talk about stuff like that. Hallelujah. Amen. When you come in this house, amen, long before Hallow service time, you ought to find yourself a place to pray. That starts you getting into the presence of God so you'll be ready to move when God says move. Whoop, 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 it's the truth anyhow. Read back before that. Joshua told the people, he said, Prepare you victuals. He said, get ready. Be ready. When you start trying to get ready, when God says move, you don't wait it too late. Hello, somebody. They were supposed to be ready. Waiting for three days on the other side of Jordan. He said, you... No, ain't it kind of funny that all through the Bible before God gives somebody a promise, there's always a tarrying period? What is a tarrying? A tarrying period is a period of preparation. They tarried in the upper room for 10 days before the day of Pentecost was fully come. Hallelujah. What was that tarrying process for? That 120 was getting ready. <laughs> Oh, glory. That 120 was getting ready for the promise. Well, oh, glory. I'm feeling the Holy Ghost right now. That 100, what, how, do, how do you prepare? Well, number one step of preparation is repentance. And guess what? There's not nobody in this house, starting with the pastor on down, who doesn't need to repent every day. Hello, somebody. Paul said he had to die daily, didn't he? Hallelujah. Every time there's a promise in the Bible, there's always a tearing period. There's always a waiting. It ain't the same length of time all the time. Some tearing period was shorter than others, some longer than others. But it was through that time period, it was through that tearing process. And follow what I'm saying right now. God's trying to tell us something right here. Hallelujah. That you make preparation to receive and to walk into the promise. Hallelujah.
pursuing his presence. Let me talk just, just briefly. I'll mention a couple things about this. Hallelujah. I already talked longer than what I intended, but I, I, I got connected to something here that I wasn't really expecting. Hallelujah. Number one, in pursuing his presence, we got to develop a thirst for his embrace. Hallelujah. Look at that. Think about that. Develop a thirst for his embrace. My sister Darlene and I, Lord willing, uh, at uh, uh, 1201 uh, tonight, we'll be married for 43 years. But uh, I embraced her and hugged her yesterday. I did this morning. And you know what? It still feels good to me. Just to embrace her. To hug her. Now that little dog of hers don't like it. He gets to growling and barking and trying to bite me, brother. Can you believe that? He says that's his mama and nobody, no, no, nobody gets no loving but him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But we, we still embrace. We still hug one another uh, on, a, on a daily basis. You know, it's sad, but there's a lot of people in the church world who call themselves Christians who, who do not have a thirst for the embrace of God. And if you don't develop a desire, if you don't develop a thirst to be embraced, to be hugged by God, you're never going to know what it is to live and walk in His presence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Psalms 42, verses 1 and 2. Look what it says. Hallelujah. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. You ever wonder why God said David was a man after his own heart? My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? That's what he was talking about. He was talking about when am I going to get to be in his presence? Oh, hallelujah. When am I going to be in the presence of my God? Just like the deer, amen, out in the field, amen, comes to the brook of cool water after running and running and running his parched, and that deer stops, amen, and drinks from the cool, fresh brook. He said, just like that deer pants for the brook, my soul pants for the Lord. Hallelujah. Lord to God, I want to be in his presence. Lord to God, I want to feel his embrace. Do you have that same desire? Tonight, you need to pray for it if you don't have it. I appreciate Sister Wanda's testimony. One of the three or four she got up and testified a while ago. Hallelujah. But she'd already told me that about that night she was hurting so bad. And uh, she had thought about calling. Myself and Sister Darlene to pray, and which, which, by the way, 
I don't care what, what hour of the day it is. If you need prayer, you call, we'll pray. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. But, but she said something that I hope everybody here latched on to. There was no elders nearby. There was no deacons, no pastor close by. She laid hands on herself. She prayed. Guess what? God come on the scene and healed her. See, Sister Wanda, I'm not up here trying to put on a big show and, and put on to nobody. I think, I think by this time, by this many years, no, I try to stay humble before God. But I, and, but I tell you this, you're his child, Holy Ghost filled. You got just as much power of God as what I do. Hallelujah. Amen. If you're a Holy Ghost filled child of God, greater is he that's within you than he is in the world. There's nothing wrong with you praying for yourself if there's nobody else around. Do you hear what I'm saying? And God will hear your prayer just as quick and just as much as he will hear mine. Hallelujah. We're all his children. Do you understand that? Hallelujah. That's why I'm trying to tell you, let's get hungry. Let's get thirsty for the presence of God. Amen. That's, that's, that's long after, amen, his embrace. Amen. Just think about what it, would be feel, what it would feel like to have Jesus wrap his arm around you right now and hug you. What would you do right now if Jesus walked in right here in the flesh? Amen. And he stopped there at your pew. And he reached over and he hugged your neck. Can you imagine what that would be like? Can you imagine what that would feel? What this preacher's trying to tell you. You can experience it. You can have it. You can possess it. Hallelujah. You can feel that God said nothing is impossible if you believe and praise Him. Hallelujah. So in pursuing His presence, we got to develop a thirst for His embrace. One other point, and I'm going I'm to close. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I don't deserve it. I don't deserve your blessings, Lord. Thank you. The second thing that we got to do to achieve his presence is we got to eliminate other distractions. Hallelujah. The enemy knows how to distract you. He knows how to get your mind how many times, think about it, we've been in service and you're worshiping and you, you kind of begin to feel real good and feel the presence of the Lord and something happens right in the service that distracts you. Amen. You see, the enemy comes in and he sits among us too. And he causes things sometimes to distract. He's invisible. You can't see him. But I guarantee you, if there's somebody back here on somewhere that's under conviction, that's fixing to make a move for God, it's the enemy that invisibly 
goes over and sits next, sits next to that mother and baby and starts pinching that baby's leg and making that baby cry to distract that person on the side of the church. You may think that's foolish, but I'm telling you it happens. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He does all kinds of things to distract us. If we, if we want to, to get in the presence of God and live in the presence of God on a daily basis, we've got to begin to eliminate other distractions. Hallelujah. There is a radio station uh, that I like to listen to at night a lot of times right before I go to sleep. It come, there's a program that comes on that I enjoy hearing. It's 15 minutes long, uh, and it, 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 I pick it up out of a radio station in Hoptown. Uh, for those of you it's not uh, familiar with Kentucky lingo, that's Hopkinsville. Hallelujah. Amen. And uh, um, uh, this comes on, uh, comes on at night, and because it, it's so far away, I, there's other stations that try to, that's closer by that tries to bleed in on it, and I have to sit there a lot of times, and I get upset because the program's going on, and I, I want to hear this, this, uh, this program, and I have to really tune that thing in to keep them other stations from coming in where I can hear it clear. Hallelujah. Because if I don't get it just right, don't get just right on that frequency, other stations will bleed in, and I cannot hear this program. It's the same way. Hallelujah. We have to get fine-tuned into God because, listen, there's an awful lot of other voices going on in the world. Come on. There's a lot of other programming that's going on that is striving for our attention. Hallelujah. Things that will distract us, amen, for pursuing the presence of God. And we've got to eliminate that. We've got to focus, hallelujah, now, for just a few moments, uh, let's see, I don't know if I can remember his name or not, uh, uh, hallelujah, glory to God, I can I, uh, the, uh, the karate kid, his trainer, the Japanese trainer, what? Yes, Mr. Miyagi. What, what? You know, wax on, wax off. Hallelujah. What was the all-time telling uh, that karate kid? He had focus. Focus. That's what the Holy Ghost is trying to tell me sometimes. Get focused on me. Hallelujah. Cut out all the other distractions. Focus on me. Don't let this unnerve you. Don't let, because listen, these other things will bring you fear. These other things will bring you worry. These other things will bring you doubt. Hallelujah. There was a time or two, there was a time or two that the enemy tried to test Sister Darlene's healing to try to make doubt that uh, you didn't get healed that Sunday morning. Amen. I mean, it distracted me. Amen. Glory to God, when she told me she quit taking that preventative me uh, medicine, hey, I got a little rough. Hallelujah. What? 
Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. And she just comes to, well, I just, I just figured, she, she said, I just figured God healed me. If God, God healed me, why would I need to take a preventative medicine anymore, you know? Amen. But when the devil tried to, like he was, something was going to hit, something was going to come back on, rebuke that thing and just trust God, and she accepted God for a healing. She, by the way, <laughs> this is going to be interesting tomorrow. She's got a, you know, she's got, got a doctor for everything, Lord of mercy. She's got one doctor she has to go to. I've got to take her to tomorrow. It's, it's uh, I forget what they're called, but it's for pain management. And he's the one that gives her all this medication uh, for migraines. And she's got this diary that he, he gives her, and she has to write down every time that she has a pain uh, and what's going on and everything about it. And that's the first thing he does. He's done this now for years. And uh, it's time for her to go back tomorrow. I said, well, praise God. That's one, doctor, we're going to be able to scratch off your list. Hallelujah. Amen. I can't wait to see his face when she turns in an empty piece of paper. <laughs> Glory! Amen. There ain't going to be nothing on there. Hallelujah. She ain't had nothing happen to go on there. Eliminating distress. Say, I got distracted. Hallelujah. But it was, it was about that healing, so that's a good distraction. Psalms 27 and 4. One thing. Look, look at somebody and say one thing. He didn't say two. He didn't say three. He didn't say half a dozen. He said one thing. One thing I have desired of the Lord. That will I seek. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Hallelujah. Can I say David was saying, listen here, I've cut out all of the distractions. There's one thing I desire above everything else. One thing that I seek for, that I dwell in the house. What's he saying about dwelling in the house of God? The I told you a while ago that the ark... Even, now this is David's time, and uh, they, they, they still had the ark. Hallelujah. And that still represented the presence of God. So he said, when he said, I dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, David says, my desire, my one thing is to be in his presence. That is what he was talking about. That's my desire. Hallelujah. I'm going to... I'm going to wipe out everything else. Hallelujah. And you know what? If you study David in his latter, when he was still a young man, he stood a lot of issues. He had a lot of problems. He had, he had a lot of things with the flesh that he had to deal with. But just like we're going to start teaching on Wednesday night about spiritual growth, he growed. And he got out on a lot of stuff. Hallelujah. He was a different man in, in, in the older years of his life. Hallelujah. He says, one thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek, that I may dwell in the Lord's house, so I will be in his presence all the days of my life. <laughs> Glory to God. That's why he was able to say, he said, I, I was young, and now I'm old. 
But there's two things I've never seen. The righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging bread. Hallelujah. That is from being in his presence. Sister Debbie, would you please come to the keyboard? Let's everybody stand. Hallelujah. I told you I was going to close, and we are.